This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, guys, and welcome to La Lucha Israel podcast. I'm your host, Angel. And I am your host, Lil Sadie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm your host, Eden. I am a little saddy, though, because I feel like I look like a fucking crackhead. <laughs> guys, like, oh, my God. Our makeup was not working today. I think yeah. we were having so many issues. I'm actually going to be honest with you guys. Um, this is our second round of doing this look because the first time, first of all, it was a fucking atrocious. And then, like... That, when we filmed that episode, um, it was actually it was supposed to be my birthday episode, mm-hmm. and it, it just, we were not feeling it, it was, <laughs> it was like pulling teeth. Yeah, to, it to, was bad. <laughs> it was bad. And, and I'm sure just I say, uh, my mind was not there. Yeah, Edith's mind, Edith was like here, but she wasn't yes. here. She was here, but she wasn't here. <laughs> so, um, this is our second time doing this look. And I, I don't know. I just feel like it just got worse. <laughs> it's funny because we're like, okay, next time we do it, we already have practice with the look. So it'll be better. Bruh. No. It's worse. It's worse than last yeah. time. I literally was telling Edith, I was like, you know those episodes that the cops put out of like, this is why you shouldn't do drugs? This and is, then they look this all nice. Don't do drugs. They look all nice. And then by the end of it, they got all these like ugly ass face tats. I was like, that's what I look like. I look like by the end of it when they're like, like, <laughs> our mugshots right now. I'm gonna mug fucking take him. <laughs> um, if, for those of you listening on Spotify uh-huh. and Apple Podcasts, I go to YouTube and just just take a peek. Just take a peek. <laughs> if, if you don't follow us on Instagram, because I'm sure we're gonna put up a snippet, so you will get a sneak peek of it. Um, go follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, at La Lucha is Real Podcast. And while you're there, go follow us everywhere else too. Yeah, like might TikTok. as well. Yeah. <laughs> might as well. Um, so today, guys, we are going to shake things up a little bit. And dun, dun, dun. Because we are in October. I love the spooky season. And this um, is the first Friday episode. Too. Yeah, huh. this is the first Friday episode. And we kind of wanted to shake it up. Do something a little different for you guys. Um, I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm not I'm gonna so lie. I'm so excited. I'm not nervous at all because <laughs> this is literally Angel's thing. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is Angel's thing today. I'm just kind of rolling with it and I'm just here for the good vibes. Yeah. But um, um, they will really- be so good. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. Uh, but I'm really excited because um, this is something Angel really likes, you know, uh-huh. and she listens to all out of fucking every day right you listen to a lot of days kind of podcast um i'm i'm not too experienced with this but i have dabbled a little bit into it since she said that she kind of wanted to do like an episode like that especially for our first friday so i was like i'm down i'm down you know and i'm so excited and i'm not gonna lie guys i'm nervous as fuck because like i i'm not obviously like this isn't the type of podcast that we normally do um and let's just say I put in so many hours preparing yeah, for this. I put in, I did sleepless nights <laughs> trying to put this together um, just for you guys. Yeah. So. so let me tell you guys what we're doing. So today we are not La Lucha is Real podcast. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. What are we today? Today Angel. is El Crimen is Real. Cue the spooky music. (laughs) (laughs) So, today's episode is going to be a true crime episode. Duh. Oh my god, guys. I'm so nervous. I'm so so nervous. I had to do so much research, guys. Um, And I I always knew that I kind of wanted to do something like this because I'm into true crime. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I just didn't realize how much fucking work it was going to take. You know, guys, so, like, if you're in YouTube, like, go ahead and leave a comment and, you know, say, good job, Angel, because this <laughs> has taken her so many days, hours, like, I want to say, what well, weeks, E2, honestly. Yeah. But um, so, it's been a lot of 
a lot yeah. of research going it, behind a this. lot of research um especially because the story that i'm going to be telling you guys today takes back in 1994 so so this was before i was born yeah this wow. was before i was born too damn so um the story is about a little girl and it just doing the research just like it, it like broke my heart what happened to this little girl right and the more i kept reading about it just kept breaking my heart even more and more and at one point i remember i literally had to step away from my computer and i was just like kind of sad because like yes i listen to true crime podcasts and like i hear the stories but i think it's different when you're like in it doing the research and trying to write a story about it because like i feel like especially when you're trying to write a story about it right because you also i for me at least i feel like it's some kind of responsibility on me to make sure that the story gets told well right because this is a story about someone's life and it's kind of like i don't want to just like make it pass like it was any old like any old day like any regular average joe day and it wasn't this was a very sad time for a family this was a very sad time for a lot of people and honestly it was a very sad time for a whole community of people and i'm about to tell you guys why let's go let's go um, i'm gonna be telling the story guys um and then edith will be asking me questions um uh you don't have to ask too many questions. I'm gonna <laughs> ask say too that many questions because I'll, yeah, stop asking questions. Uh, don't try not to ask too many questions because I do answer a lot of you know like I'll be answering like I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be answering some of the questions that come along, but I also don't want to take the listeners, our friends, out of the story. Yeah, I want them so to guys, stay. I have it. no idea what Angel's gonna like. Oh yeah, she has um, no idea what I'm gonna so say. So this is like my first time like reaction to this. So. Yeah, she has no idea. I didn't tell her anything about the story all she knows it's a little girl yeah and all yeah that's all that's basically it and i just told you guys it's in 1994 okay but i'm ready i'm ready all right guys um i do have a script and i'm gonna be reading off of it because it's a lot of information um i do know a lot of it but i want to make sure that i don't miss anything which is why i'm going to be doing a lot of the reading so for our youtube um viewers listeners friends <laughs> um i'm gonna have my head down <laughs> don't don't mind the um eyelash glue if you see it <laughs> it was a struggle okay yeah, it was a struggle <laughs> all right guys let okay. is get into it dude i'm nervous oh i'm nervous for the story <laughs> i'm like oh okay okay let's get it It was March 3rd, 1994 in Tulare County, California. It was an average Thursday morning, one that Angelica Garcia has been through many times. She and her four children woke up, got ready for school and work. Only today was a little different. 10-year-old Angelica Ramirez... Yes, they're both named Angelica. What the fuck? Yeah. I was like, wait. Yeah, like, wait. Did she wake Angelica? up? Is it two girls? Um, yeah, they're both named Angelica, but for the sake of the story, I will reference to her mom as Garcia. Okay. Okay. Because okay. we want to make sure we focus on Angelica. Okay. Um, so mom is going to be Garcia. All right. So 10 year old Angelica Ramirez, her eldest daughter, complained of a stomach ache and asked her if she could skip school for the day. Garcia, agree- <laughs> Garcia agreed, but told her que se tenía que ir a trabajar con ella para que cuida a sus hermanos. Garcia sold fruits and vegetables in different swap meets, but today she would be setting up her puesto in El Visalia sales yard. After getting set up and getting in her groove, Garcia started her chamba until she noticed that Angelica was mistreating her siblings. Already stressed with having to make sure that she makes enough money to pay bills, the last thing she wanted to stress about was her children. Comportándose mal. I know. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. Le llamó la atención a Angelica y alegaron sobre Angelica teniendo que cuidar sus hermanos. Frustrated, Angelica decided to step away and go to the bathroom. Garcia had a lot on her mind and needed to get back to business. After a while, Garcia started getting the feeling like something was wrong, like something just fell off. 
Then her children came up to her and let her know Angelica has not came back from the bathroom. Oh my God, why? A quick <laughs> shock of worry and then frustration washed over her. So Garcia rushed to the bathroom in disbelief. When she didn't find Angelica there, panic started settling in. She ran back to her puesto to let the family know that she couldn't find Angelica. Nobody saw her or anything like that? So, um, when she let the family know... Um, I, I, I want to kind of put this in here, guys. When I was doing my research, um, none of the research mentioned if Angelica's dad is in the picture. Okay. So, it'll reference her mom, her siblings, and family, but not, not her not her father explicitly. So it's not known if father is in the picture. Okay. Okay. So shortly after the swap meet was, um, was being searched for Angelica, but some witnesses did mention that they last saw her near the bathroom, okay. but did not mention if she was with anyone. The Tulare County authorities were immediately called to the scene and took over the search. Investigators began interviewing people right away and had multiple people confirm that Angelica was last seen near the bathroom. Investigators did talk to two customers who said they saw Angelica with a Hispanic couple driving a blue metallic Suzuki Samurai. Meanwhile, police dogs were able to track her scent to a large parking lot west of the swap meet. What the... So she, However... Oh, God. There was no sight of Angelica anywhere. So they, all they know is that the witnesses saw her last in the bathroom, right? She was near the bathroom. Near the bathroom. And then somehow nobody saw her walking to the parking lot? No. Nope. Like, they just saw her. According to two witnesses, they saw her with a Hispanic couple. But nobody really... No era la mamá, obviamente. Mm -mm. No. <sighs> So short. Um, so two, uh, the two witnesses were very cooperative, and they were able to give descriptions of the couple for a composite drawings. They described the man to, as somewhere between twenty-five to twenty-eight years of age, with long black hair pulled into a ponytail, with a black baseball cap. The man had a dark mustache and was seen wearing a white tank top. The woman was described to be around 18 to 23 years old with long brown hair and her bangs teased up high. Oh shit, they were young. Yeah, she was wearing dark lipstick, sunglasses, and a white shirt. The witnesses were also actually able to describe their vehicle as a two-door sports utility vehicle with a white convertible top, black interior. Something that also kind of stood out to the witnesses was a sign on the windshield that read for sale $2,200. Investigators immediately took this information as the composite draw and the composite drawings um, and released it to um, what's it called? Um, distributed it statewide and posted them at the swap meet so very soon after this information was released actually multiple vendors and customers of the visalia sales yard came forward to say that they've seen the couple there before oh shit. so these are like regulars regulars, regulars. Mm -hmm. but just two days later on march 5th 1994 garcia gets a heartbreaking and devastating no. and devastating call just 30 miles away from where she was abducted, Angelica's body was discovered floating face down in about two feet of water in an irrigation canal. What the fuck? A farmer just southwest of Pixley discovered her partially clothed body around seven in the morning. Police would not discuss whether it appeared Angelica had been sexually assaulted, but could confirm that she was not physically beaten. Oh my god, so you said 30 miles away from the parking lot? Mm -hmm. So I used from where she was taken, I was 30 miles away. Holy shit, at an irrigation? In an irrigation canal. So when I did my research, actually, I looked it up and it's like fucking farmland. I.e., like there's so many farms and it's like they grow like veggies and stuff. Yeah. And so, like, the irrigation canal is on the side, like, donde sale el agua. Oh, it, it looks kind of like a little ditch because yeah. I think that's like where the dirty water runs off to. But I was looking at it, it and it's like so sad. She was just face like floating face down and there was like two feet of water in there. Um, also, I did want to say, guys, um, <clears throat> that 
the my research didn't like indicate if the police were like able to find any tangible evidence at the scene that could be helpful in finding Angelica's Angelica's abductor and murderer. Um, but the discovery of her body triggered a statewide search for the pair that were last seen with Angelica. Tulare County Sheriff Sergeant Daryl Mackey was quoted in the Tulare Advanced Register that they needed to talk to these two people to either eliminate as suspects or establish them as suspects. Mackey was also quoted saying that the couple has been out to the yard before but don't know where they're from so they're checking areas that they could have driven from but assured every cop in California looking through was looking through their files for similar cases um, because this became a high priority case for authorities. Angelica's autopsy indicated that she died of suffocation after she was strangled. What the fuck? Sadly oh. and unfortunately, um, the results also showed indications of Ugh. sexual molestation. However, the DNA there was DNA present. There was DNA present. Mm-hmm. Did they run that shit through the system? Or? So they did, but also keep in mind it is 1994. Oh, You're right. <laughs> 1994. <laughs> like you did. <laughs> yeah. Back in time. Yeah. Um, but they are able to compare it, right? Because detectives followed multiple leads um, and questioned several known sex offenders in the area, took DNA samples from those offenders, and compared it with the DNA evidence that they found on Angelica. But nothing, nothing came up nor match so it's somebody that's not in the fucking system in their system yeah and they're young too huh we don't know oh. i'm going by based on the, <laughs> yeah. the couple i'm all right they're, they're they're the ones doing it um that week the couple in question was actually located holy um, shit where Oh. Um, they actually offered like they as soon as they saw they were like the ones that they were looking for, they were like, What the fuck? That's us. Like, so they were actually very cooperative and they went down to the station and they were like, um, y'all looking for us? Basically. But after her body was found. Yeah. Not before, because didn't they plaster their faces everywhere too? Yeah, I bet it I guess it just took time. Yeah. Damn. Um, the couple in question was finally located and the couple was actually very cooperative and they quickly admitted that they were at Visalia sales yard the day of the abduction. However, they were there with their young daughter who bore a strong resemblance to Angelica. The couple were able to account for their whereabouts and were quickly ruled out. What's the coincidence in that? Word? What is the coincidence that their daughter looked very similar to Angelica? And then Angelica goes missing. That is crazy. Um, yeah, so uh, Sergeant Mackey shared that they had 10 homicide investigators and numerous patrol deputy- deputies following up on several leads offered by the public. But then, after a month and a half, investigators announced a $4,000 reward was being offered to whoever can lead them to the person who abducted and murdered Angelica. Um, Authorities hope that the reward will motivate people to start thinking or come forward because they strongly believe that someone had to have seen something. Um, They just might have not realized it. Um, Investigators had high hopes for someone to come forward with the information, but... Angelica's first anniversary since her abduction and murder came and left. Oh my god. Yeah. It wasn't until April of 1995 when the body of an eight year old girl was discovered no. floating in Bolso Creek in northern Kern County that got people talking about Angelica's case all over again. Wait, so is it the same one? Is it like a serial? Not a serial. Girl, you gotta go find out. Damn. Face down as well. Um, I it didn't mention that actually. Okay. It didn't mention that she was face down, but she was floating in a, like in water. Authorities and the public couldn't they they could not ignore the eerie resemblance of their appearance, abductions, and disposal of their bodies. On March twenty seventh of nineteen ninety five, Maria. Joanna Piceno was kidnapped while she was leaving a grocery store near her home where she had gone to buy her mother a can of tuna. 
state and FBI investigators and hundreds, I'm talking about hundreds of volunteers, helped search for Maria. But unlike Angelica, Maria's body was not found until two weeks after her abduction. Oh, shit. So that's a long time. Yeah. Two teenagers rafting found her body fully clothed in some brush and debris in the creek. Maria's cause of death was suffocation, and her manner of death was homicide. Police could not rule out a possible connection between the two cases. Both girls were Hispanic, similar in appearance, weight, size, and their bodies were found in water. Holy shit. Maria's mother, Arcelia Ferrell, told reporters that a woman told her she witnessed the kidnapping and that the there was two men in a blue car, but that she would not speak to police because she is undocumented and fears oh. deportation, no. which is actually pretty yeah. common. It's really common. It's really common. People like, because they witness sometimes a lot of shit and mm-hmm. no police and all because so Arcelia and family tried to convince her to come forward but she refused and actually she moved away from Limor like their town and she moved away to avoid police because she didn't want to come forward just a couple of weeks later Limor police issued an arrest warrant for 35 year old Navy Petty Officer First Class Mm -hmm. let me tell you (laughs) so just a couple of weeks after they found her Um, They issued an arrest warrant for 35-year-old Navy Petty Officer First Class Gene McCurdy after receiving an anonymous tip. Anonymous tip? Do you think it was on that? Honestly, because here's my my theory. The woman said she saw two men. Yes. So I'm thinking one of them turned on the other. Oh. That's why it was an anonymous tip, right? You're right. But let me keep going. Okay. Also, I'm just going to say, guys, um, for the story of um, Maria Piceno, I didn't deep dive into her case because I didn't want to take away from Angelica. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to give you guys like the information that I was able to find without going too much into it. Um, anyways, yeah. So... Uh, where'd I leave off? Okay, so they arrested him after receiving an anonymous tip. Gene had been questioned aboard, uh, aboard the USS Abraham Lincoln off the coast of Japan and may also be a suspect in the death of other young girls. The warrant cites four special circumstances. Kidnapping, raping, sodomizing, and performing lewd and lascivious acts during a murder gene had been in the navy for 16 years and was stationed at Limor during the time of the abduction and murder in that same month he left for a routine six-month deployment to the western pacific which is why they had to arrest him in japan damn yep Gene disappeared. Uh, Gene continues to be a suspect in the abduction, sexual assault, and murder of Angelica Ramirez, as well as the disappearance of two girls from Bakersfield and another two in Washington State, where he also stationed for seven years. Oh, hell for no. seven years. So, all these girls, did they have like the same characteristics? Like the murders were the same mm-hmm. and everything like that? They were similar. Or like similar? Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm pretty sure, I, I think once they, like, um, obviously arrested him and stuff, they were able to get his DNA and stuff oh. and probably make some connections. Um, in July of 1995, oh, wait, 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 oh, yeah. So while authorities awaited lab tests, they investigated if Jean was in the area when Angelica disappeared from the Swami. Although Jean was not transferred to Limor until September of 1994, which is six months after Angelica was murdered, his parents live in Bakersfield. Um, Detectives need to confirm if he was on leave, so they were in the process of obtaining his payroll and leave records. Just want to confirm. Okay, so he was confirmed to be like... 
So he wasn't in, he wasn't near where Angelica, according to like where he was stationed yeah. at, he, I think he was in Washington during the time that Angelica disappeared. So they wanted to get his payroll and his like, l- like absence of leave yeah. records to make sure that he wasn't in California okay. during Angelica's abduction, abduction and murder. Okay. Yeah. But the reason why they were kind of like, okay, let, like, like, let's keep questioning him is because his parents live in Bakersfield. So if, like, let's say he was on a leave during the time. He would go to Bakersfield and Because Bakersfield areas. is, yeah, it's, like, super close. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But. Oh, n- in July of 1995, Jean McCurdy was officially ruled out as a suspect in Angelica's case. Well, he wasn't here. Investigators were unable to find anyone who could confirm Gene was in the Visalia area and Navy records showed he was not on leave during this time. They were able to officially rule him out, though, when the lab tests did not implicate him. In other words, his DNA did not match the DNA found from Angelica's sexual assault. Did it match any other ones, though? Um... Maybe. Well, I didn't keep reading into Maria Piceno's story, no. um, but I actually do have a little tidbit for you guys. Okay. Um, hold on. Let me just finish. Uh, oh, yeah. So the DNA didn't match Angelica's. Uh, so there was no evidence that indicated Gene was involved. So authorities crossed his name off their list and had to continue with their investigation. Um, they decided to raise the reward to $10,000 for information that leads to the arrest and conviction of her killer. Because um, they continued to believe that someone may know something, but haven't come forward because they believe Gene was responsible. Um, but here's a little on a side note because I didn't go too much into Joanna's um story um but when Jean was actually on trial um his younger sister Jean's younger sister testified that he molested her when they were children the molestations continued intermittently for over a decade several years after the abuse had ended Jean apologized to his check he apologized to his sister for molesting her and told her that one of the reasons why he never married was he was really afraid that he might molest his own children oh my god that's fucking disgusting gene admitted to engaging in sexual activities with his sister while they were growing up but claimed that the encounters were consensual he says that he and his sister had admitted to each other that they were both molested by their uncle but he also denied having a sexual interest in children i don't know the details of his trial but i can tell you guys this he was sentenced to death penalty Holy shit. Just in case you guys wanted to know how that ended. Um, he was sentenced to the death penalty because they tied him to a lot of things. Um, and actually... Like, he bad. Yeah. And actually, I kind of went a little further into wanting to know if he actually was already killed. Um, but as of early this year, he's still on death row. Damn. As of January of this year, he is still, still on death row. row. Mm-hmm. It takes a whole lot of time to fucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. Anyways, um, police continued their investigation, but unfortunately, it went cold again. Yeah. It wasn't until February of 1996. This is now two years later, when 11-year-old Tracy Renee oh, Conrad, who went by Renee, went missing in Hanford, California. The public grew interest in Angelica's case again. This was the third young girl in the San Joaquin Valley to go missing in three years. Okay, so I guess it's three years. Is it the same? Like, like I don't igual? No. So, let me tell you the story about this. I'm not going to go into too much details, uh, but I'll give you kind of like a quick summary here. Um, this... Um, Renee... So, Renee actually had left home to visit a friend a block away... 
but she never arrived. So police and special teams began to search right away, especially because after the public found out, it was like the whole like community of this area specifically was so enraged because how is it that like in two, three years, there's three girls have gone missing already. No like, like this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Well, for Joanna, it was actually McCurdy because he was already on trial and stuff for this yeah. shit. But... So the public went crazy on this one and everybody rallied up together and everybody volunteered to go and help um, help find Renee. Um, they like police and special teams. They began the search right away. The public couldn't help but to grow concerned because Angelica and Maria also went missing around this time of year. So it all happened around the same time of Holy year. Shit, exactly. All same couple. months. Yeah, it was like, like February and March. March, April area like that. It was like all in the same time of the year, too. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. So um, a month later, Renee's body was discovered. A month? A month later, her body was discovered after neighbors of a home complained of a strong odor coming from the backyard. After searching the property, Renee was found in a kiln behind the house. So let me tell you what a kiln is. Oh, I was like, what's a kiln? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I already know she's going to ask what a kiln is. So a kiln is a furnace or an oven used especially for pots or ceramics. So know you when you do pottery and you put them in this oven that's like really yeah. high temperature? Her body was found in one of those behind the house. Behind the house? And did the people there like just one? And, and like, and I don't think she was, I don't think the body was burned, but like they put her, they basically stuffed her body. So somebody went into the backyard of these people. So I don't know the story. <laughs> oh, okay. But, like but, somebody went in the backyard of these people and put their girl there? But I think like in this area, um, you also gotta keep in mind, right? I think in this area, like, I think the properties are a little larger, so mm, maybe like the people of the o the house didn't know, yeah, that like someone went into their backyard, or maybe they just didn't use their kiln. Who knows? I don't know, but um, police were quickly determined that it was very unlikely that Renee and Angelica's cases were connected because the murders were so like different. They yeah. were just kind of like ah, it's probably not. It's, it's not going to be related because even like like I don't think that um they because like for example even with just maria and joanna like they both suff like they both died of suffocation yes. meanwhile like huh yes she i it was like totally different i think oh, okay. yeah um so again the case went cold yeah yeah are they gonna but, find out <laughs> girl let me get to it <laughs> And then something weird happened, okay? okay? In February of 1997. So now this is a few... This is another Four years, year. right? So 1994, five, six, three. seven. So yeah, three, four. I don't know. Um, so, so something weird happened in February of 1997. 27-year-old Donald Eugene Bale, Bales was being held in protective custody after sexually assaulting a 17-year-old boy. When authorities collected blood and hair samples from him, oh, shit. Donald asked them, why do you want my samples? They informed him that it was standard procedure, and then he just volunteered this information and said that they might find a connection between him and Angelica Ramirez because he killed her. What the fuck? He just, like, volunteered his... He just cause like, oh, yeah, well, you might have find a connection between this murder I just committed and I never came forth. Yeah. But I'm, now I'm just, like, shallantly just fucking saying it. Yeah. So investigators... Oh, my God. Investigators didn't really believe him um, and don't know why he would confess to that, but only continued to interview him because Angelica's body was found three miles from where his father worked in Pixley. Um, after several interviews, he confessed several times to killing Angelica and Maria Piceno. He, he admitted to killing both of them, even though McCurdy was already on trial for killing Maria. So, um, 
police knew that he was just bullshitting about Maria right away because they had Gene McCurdy in custody. And after doing a DNA comparison, they couldn't find they couldn't find any link to Angelica or Maria's case. Like no evidence tied him to either crime. So what like the fuck? Was this guy is that? a weird dude. So like, he was he just wanted that like um, I think he just wanted attention. attention. Yeah, I think he just wanted attention. But let me tell you something else about this guy. He's so fucking weird. Um he ended up writing a letter to his 17-year-old victim apologizing for his assault. Like, bro, I can't with you. Like, stay oh, away from this period, period. Like, stay away you from the kid. You already fucking did harm to them. Like, give a kid to a fucking dumbass fucking letter. Yeah. What a weird guy. Oh, God. So, yeah, Ooh. they knew he was bullshitting, and they were kind of like, dude, what the fuck, and just yeah. crossed him off his list. Cross- the cops basically just cropped, like, crossed him off the list. Um, but a month later, a 31-year-old man, John Brewer Eustace, was arrested in North Carolina in connection with the abduction and sexual assault of a two-year-old girl. Authorities in Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, and Reno, Nevada, were also looking at John as a possible suspect in similar cases where each girl was killed. Did you say North Carolina? Mm-hmm. They arrested him in North Carolina with possible connections to Nevada. Damn. Yeah. Um, unknown how, but two Fresno television stations reported that he may be connected to Angelica's murder. Police were quick to address what? this and let the public know that they're still following up on all leads, but they have no knowledge of John being connected to this case at all. They don't even know how these TV stations yeah. obtain this information, but they will be looking into this involvement, into his involvement. But nothing came up. The case went Tampoco? cold again. Unfortunately, yeah, it, nothing came up. There was no connection. So, ten years went by. 10 years then 20 and then 25 when they finally were able to catch their first real break in the case so what was it 20 what was it girl let me finish the story (laughs) i'm like recently (laughs) um because this was in 1994 and it's been 25 years okay when they were able to uh catch their first real break in the case okay um they finally have a face to the crime. Guinness. Well, technically, they have a composite sketch, but a face nonetheless. Yeah. In December of 2002, uh, because of technical technological advancements, the department was able to enter DNA found at the crime scene into CODIS. CODIS is the combined combined DNA index system, which is the FBI's DNA database, right? Okay. So this is like, yeah, technological advancements. Now you can compare it to like all the states, okay? Yeah. Um, so, um, da, 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 they have ran the DNA through CODIS every year since, but a suspect has never matched, but authorities don't believe that this was the suspect's only crime. So, this is what happened. They turned to the Paravan Snapshot DNA Phenotyping Service, which basically provides predictions of physical characteristics based on DNA analysis and ancestral background. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, because of the DNA, they have a guideline of what the guy looks like. Holy shit. Yeah, because of technological advancement. That's crazy that that's out there, you know? Technology. They were able to determine that the suspect has light brown or fair colored skin, brown or black eyes, darker hair with no freckles. They believe he is Hispanic and believed to be a mixture of Central American and Southwest European ancestry with smaller contributions. Finally, with a picture in hand, authorities asked the public to help find this man. They hope that someone anyone would have some kind of information but to no avail unfortunately what again again in february of 2022 
We're talking about last year, guys. In February of 2022, the FBI Forensic Genealogy Unit agreed to help the Sheriff's Department to close this case once and for all. So, they proposed that they try a GED match instead of relying on a hit from CODIS database, which hasn't worked for 20 fucking years, okay? Since 2002, they were, like they were basically retrying, see if they got Somebody, a hit. come on. Yeah, Somebody. 20 years, and they never got a hit. So FBI was like, nah, let's try a GED match instead of relying on the fucking hit from CODIS. Yeah. The suspect's DNA was submitted... And just one month later, there was a match. Holy shit. In April, detectives went to Los Angeles to obtain DNA samples from four of the five brothers associated with the match. The detectives were able to rule them all out as suspects, except for the one (gasps) brother they did not get a sample from. ¿Y dónde está el hermano? Porque estaban todos allí. Girl, let me tell oh, you. Oh, Dios mío. His name is Ramiro Villegas. Investigators zeroed in on him only for the investigation to reveal an infuriating discovery. Ramiro Villegas was dead. Fuck it, of course. So, Ramiro spent most of his adult life working in the fields and moved to Tulare County in the 1980s, but later moved back to Southern California. He had a lengthy criminal history, which included a two-year prison period for drug trafficking. During the time he killed Angelica, Ramiro was living in Tulare County and frequently went to swap meets, including the Visalia sales yard. Detectives learned that he had a history of child abuse allegations, but they went unreported in U.S. and in Mexico. At least three victims were identified and interviewed by detectives. His victims ranged between 6 to 14 years old at the time of the abuse. Although he was victimizing multiple children, detectives believe that Angelica is the only homicide tied to him. Ramiro was deported to Mexico in 2004 and lived there until his death in 2014 from valley fever. So, let me tell you what valley fever is. It's an infection caused by a fungus. People can get valley fever by breathing in dust that contains spores of this fungus uh, when the soil or the dirt are stirred up up by strong winds or even while digging. Dust containing these fungal spores can get into the air, which makes sense because he worked in the fields most of his life. And basically... The way that it managed, like, initially, most people don't even get symptoms of valley fever. Like, you don't even tell that you have this fungus growing inside of you until it's pretty much too late. Because then it starts manifesting like a cold or a flu. Yeah. And you think that it's a cold or a flu. It's fucking scary. Yeah. And then in worst case scenarios, this, um, it, it can turn into meningitis. Yeah. Damn. Fucking crazy, right? So... Over 28 years, detectives conducted nearly a thousand interviews. Hundreds of potential suspects were identified and DNA samples were tested every year since 2002, only for this fucker to have lived out his life and then die without ever seeing his day in court for his horrendous crime. Angelica would have been 39 this year, but was cut short because of a piece of shit like him. Um, it was not the ending that Angelica or her family deserved, but merely a conclusion to a sick nightmare. Angelica's sister, Micaela, was quoted in the Visalia Times saying, At least now we have a face to the killer, and I don't have to worry about this person being out there doing this to anyone else. That's yeah, true. Damn. It just sucks because, like, this fucker really went to Mexico, like, after he got deported, and he was probably just living his life like he didn't do shit and who knows what he could have been doing out in mexico that's the thing about it because that's a whole different ballpark over there too Mm -hmm. and just like i'm telling you the whole time i was reading this it just kept getting worse i was like what the fuck and then to find out that he just died i'm like 
at a fucking valley fever, bro. Yeah, from valley fever. Not even fever. like somebody just. Mhm. Valley fever. Mhm. Valley. Fever. Like, it sucks because he he literally caused so much fucking pain. Mm-hmm. You know, get me. He took a fucking innocent life, and that's how he. Yeah. He's no he. He's not even paying for his fucking crime. Mm-mm. It just so it, like, the story. Oh, I'm gonna tell you guys right now. The story was just heartbreaking to me in so many ways because like. I think as Latinos, too, like, I think we can kind of identify with Angelica's role, right? And I'm not, I'm not an older sister, but I'm pretty sure you identified, right? Like, with the sense of, like, having to take care of your sisters or, like, help, you know? And it's, like, it's a lot of fucking pressure because, like, for me, for example, I don't have younger siblings, but I had to take care of my nephew. And it's a lot of pressure because, like, you know, you're still a kid taking care of another kid. basically. And it's, like, I can only imagine how frustrated Angelica was because she was, like, bro, like, I've even had these thoughts, like, bro, they're not even my fucking kids and I'm over here stressing over them. And so, like, for her and her mom to kind of get into it and then she was, like, fuck, I'm going to the bathroom. I need a fucking break. I need a break. I need a moment. Like, she's, like, I need a fucking moment. Steps away. And then how shitty does the mom now feel because that's the last that interaction was a, that was her last interaction with her fucking daughter was arguing and pe- se pelearon. that's crazy to me because it was like a swap meet basically it right? was a swap meet like i wonder what was said like it's so much unknown too like what was said how he lured her in like how and we're not gonna get those answers because yeah. the fucker's dead like, we have no idea, like, what really happened, you know? Like, we have no yeah. idea, like, how he fucking was able to convince, like, convince her or take her, like, what? And, like, also, it's a fucking, like, I've gone, we've gone to the swap meet. Yes. Like, there's so many people there. And, like, I was actually ta- talking to Val about this. And I'm like, bro, like, how many people have been fucking kidnapped from the swap meet? You know, walking by them and not even fucking just, knowing. Exactly. Like, this girl was just literally needed, like, a break or step away from her mom. Needed to go to the bathroom to kind of get her mind off of things. Yeah. Like, how did that happen? So, I actually... A part of me kind of thinks that she was targeted. Because he was a regular at that swap meet, remember? Yeah, that's true. And, like, so who he knows? Because he had already seen her a couple times and he... Yeah, he or maybe se, or maybe se conocían. I don't know. Like, oh. like maybe he's like seen her around. It was like, oh, like I see you worked there with your mom, mm-hmm. and then you know, like he tried to pretend to be a fucking friend or something. I don't know. Like we have no idea how the fuck this man just ran off with this girl. Like, did he take her by force? And then did anybody fucking yeah. like nobody? Nobody saw. Nobody saw because there were like they interviewed everybody at the fucking swap meet. That's so it's like crazy to me. How the fuck did he take her? No sabemos. Like they saw the little girl with the couple, right? But the the girl with the couple, obviously but that up, wasn't her. Yeah. But they didn't see her with like walking out or something. Like yeah. no say. I'm telling you guys, this story was incredibly frustrating. Like the whole fucking time, I was just like, I need to step away. Like it. It honestly was like I feel like that could literally have been any Anybody. one of us yeah. because how many times have we fought with our parents like i've gone to the store multiple like when i did go to the store with my mom and i was just like oh you know what like yo quiero unos chocolates or algo Step, ca- yeah, stepped away for a little bit and who fucking you know like it's yeah. just it is so sad to me and just like just like maria piseno um was it maria joana piseno how she literally walked to the store to go grab a can of tuna, tuna and then and doesn't make it back. Yeah. Like, oh, I I literally remember... As a parent, too, it's, like, the guilt. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not their fault, but the... No, it's no se puede evitar. Yeah. It's the guilt. Mm-hmm. Of, like, yo mandé a esa niña a que me comprara eso. Or, I, like, the mom that saw me, like, I... Why did I come at her like mm-hmm. that? If I didn't come at her like that, she probably wouldn't have gone to the bathroom. We would have put up... Could have avoided all this. Mm-hmm. 
Fuck. It's just like you start spiraling, I think, yeah. as a parent, right? Because you start thinking like, if only like, if only like she didn't have that stomach ache, right? If yeah. only she would have just gone to school. If only I just wouldn't have brought her to work with yeah. me and left her at home. Like you start thinking if only. And it's just like, honestly, it gave me ch- like, it gave me the chills because I'm like, it's it's just like so many little things could have happened differently and then it's just like i don't know i think what pissed me off the most was that fact that like once they were to find this guy he was fucking dead he's dead fucking dead yeah that's crazy how long it took though 28 years 28 years thank you to the advancement of technology and shit like that Mm -hmm. but that's a long time Mm -hmm. imagine being the family of that girl that just never have an answer for fucking 28 years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Afraid that they might be targeted again because there's other mm-hmm. people in their family and mm-hmm. shit like that. It's really sad, guys. Um, so wow. stay safe out there, guys. Be vigilant. Don't <sighs> yeah. go fucking strangers. Be vigilant. Take care of your kids. Keep them close. Yeah. Um, anyways, guys, this is all yeah. we have for you guys today. We were just... <laughs> it was just i mean it was a lot (laughs) i know i'm like fuck it's heavy yeah it's heavy it's a lot um but let us know what you guys think of today's episode of el crimen is real real. (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah let us know your guys' thoughts i would love to get your feedback um you it's okay you guys can tell me if my fucking storytelling sucked um but i I worked so hard on this shit because i work i worked so hard so i'm still proud of myself i I think you did an amazing job claps thanks (laughs) that was awesome um so let us know your guys's thoughts um i appreciate all the feedback Mm -hmm. let me know if you guys liked it i i really enjoyed doing this although it was a little stressful especially with everything i have going on outside of the podcast yeah and even the story itself it's a lot like Mm -hmm. I love that you did this and you created a, a beautiful story and everything, but it's like heavy. That mm-hmm. shit is a lot. And I can't imagine, this is me, just you reading the story to me. So I can't imagine all those nights, all those like w- like days that you spent literally researching this shit, mm-hmm. you know? Like, fuck. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, I don't know how these true crime, true crime podcasters do it. Um, how y'all sleep at night, bro? Yeah. It's crazy. But, like, I actually, like, I'm really into true crime. And I, it's crazy because each time I think, like, damn, people are crazy. And then I'm, like, I hear another story and I'm, like, god damn. It's, like, the whole, like, it just keeps getting worse. Like, the yeah. world and people. And I'm, like, oh, this is so crazy. But, yeah, guys, anyways, um, let us know your guys' thoughts. Yes. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, follow us on um yeah, I was gonna say Spotify and Apple Podcasts, yeah. uh, but also follow us at La Lucha Is Real podcast on all uh, social media platforms: yes. Instagram, TikTok, Threads. Make um, sure to leave us a five star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, of course. If you have anything different than a five star review, what are they gonna do, Angel? They're gonna hit the DMs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can talk. We just talk. We'll about talk it. about it. Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about it. Um, but yes, guys, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Yes um i hope you guys have a very great weekend and have a great month yeah october have a great month (laughs) and we will see you guys on monday all right bye bye guys I'm Claudia Romo Edelman. And I'm Cynthia Kleinbaum-Milner. And this is a podcast, A La Latina. The playbook to succeed being your authentic self. A La Latina is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.